we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our study regarding the uh, alien agenda disclosure and exposing that whole thing I believe this is part the fourth uh, I guess you'd call it mega study that we've done um, in about a year on this particular subject so the next part is something I've gotten a lot of email inquiries about and it's entitled L.A. Marzula's Shocking Find. Now, I just heard L.A. Marzula speak, oh, what was it, uh, April? Uh, around that area, maybe maybe March, March and April um, of this year, up in the mountains in uh, North Carolina. And not too long after he spoke, he's come out with this report, and it's L.A. Marzula's Shocking Find, photos, x-rays included. What is what is that? Could this bizarre winged creature be a fairy, an alien, or a locust from the book of Revelation? And if you haven't seen this information, this is going to be pretty mind-blowing. I've got pictures of this in the PDF that you can check out in there. I blew, I blew them up. You could see this creature very well. <clears throat> it's, this report starts out by saying, I wasn't going to write about this. I was trained as an attorney, I, and this is the person writing about it. I am generally skeptical by nature, so I am generally, I don't like to write about things that I can't prove. But in this case, of uh, this bizarre winged creature, a couple of factors changed my mind. First of all, we actually have physical evidence, which has been scientifically tested. When it comes to things like this, people are always crying out for some real physical evidence, and now we have some. Of course, the evidence, the existence of evidence does not mean that we can necessarily find answers to all of our questions, but at least we have something to work with. Secondly, a highly respected researcher named L.A. Marzula has spent a great deal of time extensively investigating this case. I personally interacted with L.A. Marzuli, and I have followed his work for years, and so now that I know how credible he is. Earlier today, I visited L.A. Marzuli's blog, and what I saw I was astounded by. There, in living color, was a bizarre winged creature that doesn't bear any resemblance to any animal that science currently knows about. You can view it for yourself on his blog right here, and give you the link. Now, I have the picture right here, and it is a, oh, essentially a dark green creature that looks like a little gargoyle, almost. Winged creature. Um, with, like, demon-like ears, demon-like face. I mean, the thing looks like it's straight from the pit of hell. A stinger on it. It is about, I don't know, what are they saying? It's about a foot in length. And, um, let me go further here. Here's, here's another picture, and it's on its side here, and they're medically examined. And you can clearly, there is an up-close, um, it's like a tail, but it's a stinger on the end of the tail. Okay, um, so you can look at that picture. L.A. Marzula did not personally discover the creature. Rather, it was originally discovered on the side of a highway by a 13-year-old Mexican boy who didn't know what it was. He ultimately turned it over to a well-known Mexican investigative journalist named Jamie Mawson. Since that time, this creature has been x-rayed, and the x-rays enabled researchers to see the creature creature's left leg had been broken at one point. The amazing discovery is featured in L.A. Marzulli's new doc, new documentary entitled Watchers 10. And a nine-minute clip featuring analysis of the creature has been posted onto YouTube right here. Now, I give you all the corresponding links to this in the PDF for this thing. So if you want to know more about it, all the links are in the PDF. You can click on them and take you there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this video here. Coming okay. to you from an undisclosed... Now, this is a long video. 
Um, and I'm going to play all of it. I'm going to go ahead and just play the whole thing. It's 28 minutes. I think that this is an important enough thing to look at regarding confirmation of all of the different things that we're talking about, not only today, but in all of these previous teachings where I've covered this subject. We are seeing an increase in demonic activity, moving closer to this, this disclosure agenda. We're seeing an increase in these um, cryptozoologic type creatures that are now being discovered on a more and more frequent basis, and now we're actually having hard scientific evidence of this. So this is L.A. Marzula's program on. This is about uh, a little over 28 minutes. Episode 17, the fairy reveal. This is not a fairy, okay? Not the classical thing of you think of a fairy like some little pixie. That's demonic, okay? I'm not saying that's not, but this is some type of... It reminds me more of a, of, of a miniature gargoyle-like, straight-from-the-pit-of-hell creature is what it really puts you in mind of. Location deep in the heart of the Santa Monica Mountains. I'm your intrepid host, L.A. Marzulli, and this is Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural Report. Jaime Masson, who was one of the leading UFO experts in the world. Jaime has one of the longest-running television programs dealing with UFOs, and it continues uninterrupted to the present day. We flew out of LAX to Mexico City, the capital of the country, and our driver took us to Jaime's office, which is a nondescript four-story building on a side street in the heart of Mexico City. We made our way into the foyer and awaited Jaime. He appeared a few minutes later on the second-story balcony, directly above us and yelled, Shaw, Marzuli, come up. Richard and I immediately made our way up the winding spiral staircase to the second floor, where we were greeted by Jaime, who began apologizing that he was in the middle of a TV shoot for his weekly show. He hurriedly ushered us into his office and told us to make ourselves at home. At this point, the story, which admittedly seems mundane, takes a left turn into a very bizarre world with uncharted waters. Jaime opened the cabinet directly above his desk as he continued to talk to us about his demanding schedule and placed on his desk a glass jar about a foot high that was filled with some clear liquid. Richard and I moved closer and then we looked at each other with facial expressions that screamed, are you seeing what I'm seeing? There in front of us on the table was this goblin-like thing suspended in a clear liquid. We later found out that the liquid was... Yeah, goblin's a pretty good word for it as well. Formaldehyde. Now, as he's talking, you're seeing what... You're seeing the creature, you're seeing it in formaldehyde. It's showing it all in the back. So you really may want to watch this as well, the video. I mean, I have pictures, but I mean, when you're watching this, obviously you're getting both the benefit of audio and visual. We moved closer, and the first question that came out of my mouth was, is this real? <clears throat> Now, while Rick and I were mesmerized by the artifact on Jaime's desk, he's still digging through the cabinets above his desk. He then proceeded to pull out another box, this time a cigar box, on the table and opened it. There lying, 
on a white bed of cotton that had been soaked in formaldehyde was another creature, goblin, fairy, nightmarish thing that made both Rick and I gasp. And so he's got two of these creatures, two separate creatures that were found separately. Um, he's got these creatures that, I mean, they're dead, and, and this is what are being shown to them. Disbelief. So now there were two of these black goblin-like creatures on Jaime's desk. And Rick and I were both dumbfounded as less than a minute had passed from the time we had entered Jaime's office until he produced these artifacts. Jaime, on the other hand, was making his way to the door and waving to us over his head, promising that he'd return shortly after he finished taping his show. Jaime bounded up the spiral staircase that leads to his studio and vanished from sight, leaving Rick and myself alone in his office. It didn't take Rick and me very long to unpack our cameras and begin to photograph what I have come to call the winged nightmare in front of us. Richard, however, refers to it as the fairy. I remember looking at Rick and saying, do you think it's real? He looked at me and shrugged, and I don't know. Notice the pointed ears, the double wings, and the pointed teeth protruding from the thin-lipped mouth. Both creatures were jet black and very bizarre looking, to say the least. Well, they're not jet black. They're like a, um, there's some black on their bodies, but they're uh, like a dark camo type green. I mean, these things look like they're straight from the pit of hell. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're very, I mean, you, you think of a demonic creature, and yeah, this is what, <laughs> this would fall into your, you know realm of thinking as to what a demonic creature would look like and, and these exemplify all of that I immediately thought of the creatures that we read about in the book of Revelation here is the scripture and you can decide for yourself if there's a modicum of correlation between this ancient text and what lay in front of us and the fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. In those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like woman's hair. And their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. Now, he's not reading the KJV, but I'll, I'll give you the KJV verses after this report. And the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions. And their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. While the black-winged creatures don't fulfill all of the requirements of what comes out of the bottomless pit in the book of Revelation, there are some similarities that I can point out. First off, 
this creature was almost a foot tall. One creature had two sets of wings. I looked very closely to see if these things were puppets of some sort. In my opinion, and that of Ricardo, who was the geneticist who examined them very closely and did DNA testing on them, said these were not the results of molds or puppets or a cleverly constructed hoax. I want to add something here, folks. There are two. The one in the cigar box, Richard and I have never really investigated the way we investigated the one in the jar. The one in the cigar box, we lean towards hoax, but the one in the jar, we believe is real, and here's why. What's more, I looked at the place where the wings attached to the body. It looked perfectly natural to me, as I saw no evidence of glue or staples or some other form. Now, on an x-ray, and I, I'm kind of a specialist in x-ray. I did a lot of extra training in x-ray as a chiropractor. I was in what they call the green coat program at Life College, and I that was a program that if you wanted to have extra training in x-ray, that's what you did, okay? And um, <clears throat> I would actually help other students there take x-rays and do this. So I've got more training in x-ray than the standard chiropractor. What you'll see and what you're seeing on this x-ray, I mean, this thing looks beyond authentic to me. You're actually seeing like the side of the skull and you're seeing different... Um, air cells where we would call the astroid, the mastoid air cells you're seeing that on an x-ray um which is something that um commonly you will see on a human x-ray except obviously this is not a human okay you're actually seeing a spine on the x-ray you're seeing where the wings attach to the back and i'm assuming that they're attaching to some type of scapula is what it looks like the humans have scapulas but in this particular case the wings are attached to the scapulas in the back okay and where you're seeing their attachment you're seeing extra ossification meaning you're seeing extra bone density now why would you need that if you had wings well obviously the attachment points of the wings unless there was extra ossification meaning unless there was extra bone density if they didn't have that extra ossification the wings would not most likely be strong enough to maintain the attachment. I'm seeing that on this x-ray. Okay, so I don't know how on God's green earth you make that up. Okay, and, and, and the, I'm just saying, from, from my standpoint, as a chiropractor with extra x-ray training, this looks legitimate to me. Of attachment. The hands were curled up and the bodies were stiff from rigor mortis. The face wore sort of a grin-like expression. Okay, rigor mortis is, is something that, that only lasts for a little bit of time, okay, in a human at least. Okay, so uh, in other words, there's, there's a time period where rigor mortis actually lasts in a human and then it goes away. Now, whether that's something that just they're in a constant state of rigor mortis, in this particular creature, evidently that may be the case. And I can see clearly teeth protruding from the thin, upward curled lips. The eyes were shut, and the body was thin and appeared very muscular. About an hour went by, and then Jaime, energetic as always, bounded into the room. My first question was, where did you get these? Jaime informed Rick and I that one apparently had been hit by a truck driving on the highway, and the driver had the presence of mind to go and collect it and bring it to Jaime. <clears throat> The other had been found in a farmer's field. Is it possible that they're hoax? Richard and I asked. 
Jaime shook his head, no. We've had them examined by doctors, and they're real. In fact, we're going to get them x-rayed today. Rick and I looked at each other, not believing our good fortune because we were... Now, before, just so you know, they had already put up the x-ray, and that's what I was commenting on, is the x-ray that... Or the x-rays that had been taken. Going to be able to see the results of the x-rays that day. We knew Jaime was and is a very busy man, so we got right down to our interview for Watcher 7. These creatures were not what we expected, and it certainly threw us off balance. However, we interviewed Jaime about the UFO phenomenon, and his answers were poignant and direct. He gave us hours of real UFO footage, and most of it wound up in Watcher 7 physical evidence. There's a segment in Watchers 10 that shows some of the interview that we conducted that day with Jaime in his office. Jaime believes, as I do, that this creature is the result of some kind of genetic manipulation. There is a phrase that I've been using as of late, and it's this. There seems to be an outside agency that is manipulating the human genome for its own ends. Jaime basically stated the same in his office. The big question, of course, is why? What is the end game here? What are the intentions of those entities or beings who are engaged in creating this creature that we see? Who is doing this and to what end? A casual observation would reveal that the creature appears demonic. We can tap dance around this and pretend uh, and, and state that folks like myself are arriving at this conclusion because of our Christian worldview. But I think people from around the globe would agree that these creatures that were shown to us certainly appear demonic. They're not Winnie the Pooh or a friendly little animal. And I would go so far as to label them the stuff yeah. of nightmares. Ricardo Rangel holds a piece... Yeah, I mean, if you saw one of these things, I mean, <laughs> manifest, you're going to know right away you're dealing with something pure evil. And when you see the pictures, you'll understand why. PhD in molecular biology, and we interviewed him for the Watchers 10 segment. When we asked him what the results were of the DNA testing that was conducted on the creature in the jar, he stated that so far the DNA was not accessible. They couldn't extract DNA from the creature. Very interesting. I also recently asked Jaime about the DNA testing he did. As bizarre as it might sound, some kind of a hybrid being was, is being created. Well, mm, hybrid, there's that, that's that word again, hybrid. The hybrid armies, the general talked about that these people uh, that were graduating in this ROTC program would be facing. Hmm, heard that. It's the third time we've heard that so far. We were in Jaime's office. Several men entered and took one of the creatures with them. They were going to get x-rays of them. We watched as they carefully packed them up and then disappeared down the spiral staircase and out of the building. <clears throat> Several hours later, they returned, and we were able to see the x-rays for ourselves. They showed what appeared to be a complete skeletal system beneath the black, leathery skin. Rick and I were absolutely stunned. This evidence seemed to point to the realization that this was not a hoax. Yeah, I mean, this thing looks beyond legitimate from an x-ray standpoint. I, you, you can't just make this up. You can't make up articulations in the body organ shadows, osseous articulations, different various bone densities. You can't make that up. You can't just put a puppet together and make this stuff up is, I guess, the point I'm trying to say. And, I, again, I have a pretty good knowledge base on the subject of x-rays. 
or a cleverly constructed puppet of some sort. Even more troubling was that the x-rays showed what appeared to be metallic implants in the creature's body. We were not expecting this, and immediately one... Now, you'll see many of these perfectly round metallic implants in the body. We're going to get to that later. I'm not going to say anything more about that right now. ...how this might tie back to Dr. Roger Lear's work. We had literally come full circle. Here we were in Mexico City. I asked the technicians about their opinion of the x-rays, and they were steadfast that the skeletal structure of the creature was real, thus dispelling any thoughts of a clever hoax. It would appear that some outside agency is very interested in creating a chimera based on the fact that this creature that was inside Jaime's cabinets shouldn't exist, but it does. I would further state that some outside agency is obsessed with manipulating the human genome to its own ends. With that in mind, we are warned of this genetic tampering in Genesis 3, where we read, The seed of a serpent will be at enmity, at war, with the seed of the woman. We know that the seed of the woman eventually leads to the birth of Messiah. I would state here, the seed of the serpent will culminate in the anti-Messiah, or what is commonly known as the Antichrist. So in other words, the serpent has his seed, and I don't mean the serpent seed theory where they say Eve mated with um, Satan, okay? I debunk, that's easily debunkable biblically, just key in serpent in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I'm not going to even get into that, but it's very, very easily debunkable, the whole serpent seed theory. But the Bible does say that the seed of the serpent will be at enmity, meaning war between the seed of the woman. Okay, and this is just further evidence that the serpent has his seed. And again, you see these people now that are manifesting. The multiple first-hand listers now seeing black-eyed beings, seeing people with with where you're talking to them one minute, they have normal pupils, the next minute they've got slits, then they go back to normal pupils. Okay, are all my listeners crazy? Are all of the first-hand accounts of this crazy? Is the seed of the serpent jockeying and positioning itself into humanity for when the big disclosure day happens because i really believe that's what they're being set set here for and for the arrival the the arisal of the false prophet and the antichrist they're being pre-positioned satan's troops being pre-positioned so that you know with whatever assignment that they have this is a literal exchange of genetic information as the genesis 3 narrative states that the seed is sperma while this may be extremely unsettling to some, it is, in my opinion, a biblical fact. And with that in mind, we are seeing evidence of it all over the planet. Richard Shaw and I have come to call the creature that we observed in Jaime's office the fairy. That may be a misnomer. We don't know. But we were both taken aback by what we saw. And frankly, had it been alive... I think our reaction would have been one of terror, and we certainly would have been taken aback by what we were seeing. As I stated earlier, this winged creature was almost a foot tall and had wings attached to its back. The black, leathery skin, the pointed ears, the fangs protruding from its mouth, and the sinister expression on his dead face. It was, even in death, somewhat terrifying. When we read the prophecy found in the book of Revelation, we are told that the abyss opens up, and out of it comes creatures that defy our imagination. Seeing these creatures in Jaime's office, I am certain that what we read in the book of Revelation 
is literal and not allegorical. This is very important for us to come to grips with. Chuck Missler, on whose teachings I cut my prophetic teeth years ago, stated in one of our Watchers series that Satan is outnumbered two to one. I do not advocate Chuck Missler, just so you know. If you want to know why, email me and I'll send you a document on him. Or Kian Missler in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. That's probably a better way to go. I've done teachings where I expose him. I'm not saying everything he's ever said is not true. Everything. But that man has a lot of very sinister connections to him as well. And evidently, L.A. Mursul was not aware of that. In other words, he's building an army. We use this statement in our Watchers series. Chuck also stated that he believes the Bible should be taken literally. And he has found over the years that his greatest errors were when he did not take the biblical passages literally enough. We know there will be skeptics out there who will scoff at this information and proclaim that we don't need to know anything about this. Others will say it has nothing to do with Jesus. I would beg to differ. What we glean from information that is presented here is that the supernatural is all too real. This creature, which shows us physical evidence that isn't supposed to exist, yet does, and adds to the overwhelming evidence that the biblical prophetic narrative is both literal and true. Information like this should make us stalwart in our faith and bold in our proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. Yeah, and I agree. This is not something that should degrade our faith. This is something that should increase our faith. But unfortunately, for most Christians, that, especially in the pastors, are really the ones most responsible for this, uh, this is going to be something they don't want to look at, that, that they're going to be scared of, and this type of thing. No, 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 no. This is something that they should have the exact opposite effect, to literally realize the battle that we are in and that we are increasingly going into is a literal battle. And Satan's army is actually arising, and there's more manifestations of this all the time. And we better, you know, accept this fact now or, or you know, be very, very incapable of dealing with this in the future. There is a war that is raging in an unseen dimension. It is spilling out onto our planet. Human beings are, for the most part, pawns in this war, however... Both sides will use us to their advantage. The God of this world, Satan, has people on this planet to whom he has given power and wealth. They are in his service and are helping to bring about the one world government that at some point will be ruled by the Antichrist. The Most High God has his men and women chosen who have spent time on the anvil in the forge of the Holy One of Israel, being shaped into the men and women he wants us to be. These people are being used to push back the darkness, to reveal the strategy of Satan, the fallen cherub. There is a war going on. And again, that is what we need to be used of, what the statement that he just said. We're being used to expose this agenda prior to it being fully unveiled as a warning to the remnant. You know, so that we're not taken unawares by this, so that we're not ignorant of Satan's device, so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so, he brings up a great point there. The book of Revelation tells us that these creatures, seen in a vision almost 2,000 years ago, 
by John, the Revelator, are in fact real. I believe we do ourselves a great disservice when we underestimate the power of the enemy. He is a raging lion seeking to devour anyone. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. However, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Amen. I pronounce that scripture over myself all through the day as the Lord of hosts leads me to do so. It is my anchor to the reality that I am under the shelter of the Most High. See, this is what I like about L.A. Marzulli. He is one of the few people out there that will expose the subject as a Christian and then relate it to the spiritual realm, or relate it to the realm of warfare that we are in, and use it to confirm the Bible and to increase people's faith. Okay, there's not a lot of Christians that will do that. And this guy's got deep pockets. He can afford to go around and fly over the world and do these this DNA testing and you know, fly to Catalina Island and do that study he did on the Giants and a lot of the things that he's doing. Hey, man, God bless him. More power to him, you know. So he's one of the few. He's one of the few out there that will do it. While this is not a feel-good PPS report, it is one that I believe is vital to the body of belief. I don't understand why it's not feel-good. To me it is. It's just confirming the word of God. It's confirming the battle. It's, it's confirming the reality of what we're in. It's not going to be feel good maybe to a, a baby Christian or, or a Christian that's never been exposed to this type of information. But ultimately, this type of information should be used to increase our faith in the battle that is here, that is coming. And in that regard, it is feel good to me. You know, hey man, this is, this is reality. This is the Bible coming alive which is what I'm seeing. It gives us a glimpse of what we're up against. The question that haunts both Richard and me is this. Are these creatures a clever hoax? We sent one of Jaime's contacts to Mexico and he bought back two samples that we sent out for DNA testing. One lab was not able to extract any DNA. The other, as of this particular program, is still working on it. Jaime informed us that DNA testing was done. But what if the artifact had been constructed from other known animals? Jaime told us the creature was found by a 13-year-old boy. It was lying on the road dead when the boy found it, and the boy presented it to Jaime. The fairy, as we call it, is certainly controversial, to say the least. Jaime Masson gave us the x-rays of the winged creature. And again, I think fairy's a really bad name for this type of, of... It's not a fairy in any sense of the word, It really. I mean, unless you would consider it a... I mean, it's not like Tinkerbell on Peter Pan, okay? It's like the exact polar opposite of that. It's like a, it's like a, a miniature goblin-like type creature, okay? I had them mounted and presented them along with other pictures to a veterinarian, who of course wishes to remain anonymous. Both Rick and I have found that many people are very reluctant to officially come on the record because of the fear of ridicule. The veterinarian looked at the creature, and this is what he said. It looks like the thin bones that hold the wing structure together, 
are fused very nicely. That bone that's, you know, the thin bone that holds the wing structure together fused very nicely, which is basically what I, I had said too. Thicker there? Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, and it could be if this is a flying creature. Um, mm -hmm. example, which it is, apparently. Right. Yeah. Uh, for example, chickens or birds are going to have a lot less radio density in their um, uh, other bones, mm -hmm. their, their you know, legs and so forth. Um, as a matter of fact, those bones are more hollow compared to, say, mammal bones. And, um, and this bone, perhaps up here, could be maybe a little more thick and radio dense and, say, calcified just because they, they just need some more stability to kind of keep, keep those wings attached or whatever. To keep the needs more stability to keep the wings attached. So you're going to see more radio density, more bone density is what he's talking about, um, where the wings attach to the scapula. It looks like a scapula to me. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a what they call a lateral view. So I'm assuming it's a scapula. Uh, if I saw more of an A to P view, meaning anterior to posterior, um, you could kind of determine whether or not more it was a scapula. But a scapula typically, even on an x-ray, will appear as much more radio opaque a lot of times, um, meaning it's going to be a little, uh, the bone density is going to be, uh, typically will end up being uh, lighter, okay, on an x-ray, whereas the attachment points for this, it's a very, very radio opaque, very, there's a lot of bone density where those wings attach, and that's what you would expect to see, you need a lot of bone density right there, so it does make sense from a radiographical standpoint. So as of July 2016, both Richard Shaw and I will state on the record that we believe this creature is not a hoax and that it is, in fact, the real thing. So what is that? They, they told me that's the fairy. So they're showing excerpts of the fairy document documentary and they're showing pictures of um like fairy like creatures on film these are now this is not the one that we're talking about this looks like a different type of flying winged creature on this uh video that you're seeing here we've talked uh, to various people about you know john and revelation describing locusts that uh have wings and I, I have pictures of creatures that look exactly like that. And if you look back to John's time during Revelation with his limited use of language, it's very uncanny that that's, to me, what he's... Now, I don't think that creature looks like the, the locust in Revelation. Okay, I don't. I think it's something totally different. Uh, demonic, sure, but I, I think it's a very, very different type of creature we're looking at here. Describing, and these creatures are here now. Mexico City. Traffic is heavy, and the idea of drug cartels is in the back of everybody's mind. There's extra security in all the expensive hotels in the area. Because the drug cartels, they know if you're coming down there and they know you're a gringo, they'll try to abduct you and get ransom. This is one of the main avenues of um, income that they use and typically, you're just going to turn with your head chopped off, you know, um, unless you, you know, come up with the money. And even a lot of times you come up with the money, you're going to be found that way. And yet life goes on. Jaime Masson is the host of the longest-running and most popular UFO television show in the world. He has millions of viewers, and people everywhere send him their videos. See, there's not such a suppression in Mexico this type of information as there is in America okay and he's got the largest 
show that deals with this on planet Earth, this guy. And his, this is the guy that literally invited L.A. Marzula down to examine the creature with medical people there and the x-rays and the whole nine yards. They're showing a whole bunch of UFOs. That includes physical objects like spheres from space. The spear from space is unbelievable, and they, they did um, a microscopic analysis on it, and they found that just tiny parts of it had all of these fiber optic type of strands running through this, this spear-like uh, thing that they could barely get a sample of because it was so hard that it had literally fallen out of space there and crashed, I think, into a farm in, in Mexico somewhere. Weird creatures. He records programs here. But we never expected to see something as unexplainable as what Jaime showed us this time. We were held to a promise that we wouldn't show this discovery until he granted us permission. To honor that agreement, we've sat on that finding for over two years. Because they originally went down there in June of 2013. And you gotta, you got to respect that, where you know they, they honored their agreement. They've been sitting on this information since June of 2013. He didn't even talk about this. Um, really when, uh, I, I don't think he did at least. No, actually, hold on. No, he didn't really talk about this information that much when I went to that lecture. I think he may have hinted at it. But it wasn't until, you know, he released his book, which I got, um, I don't know, I probably got it about a month and a half, six weeks ago, maybe two months, around there. L.A. Morsula released the book, and then he released Watchers 10, that all of this really, really came out. Now we're allowed to finally release it. Ricardo, these creatures are very, very strange. They're anomalous. I don't know really what I'm looking at. But you have done DNA testing on this creature and this creature. Tell us what you found. This uh, sequence, DNA sequence. The DNA sequence was made from five different molecular biologists. He's a molecular biologist, this guy. Okay, so the DNA sequence was made from five different molecular biology. It was made from five different molecular biology laboratories. Laboratories. Okay. In several parts of the world. In several parts of the world. And the common uh, results has that the DNA is very similar to DNA of so they were actually finally able to get DNA, and the common result, the common final conclusion was the DNA is very similar to the DNA from humans. Now, if you went back to Genesis 6 and you analyzed the DNA of one of the giants, you would come to the same conclusion. Why? Because it's half human. Okay? These things are very similar to the DNA of human. Not exactly, but very similar, which is what you would expect from a hybrid. Huh, there we go again with the hybrids. There we go again with Genesis 6. And then you look at what Jesus said. As it was in the days of Noah. Genesis 6. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Again, to, to me, this is the Bible coming alive. This shouldn't do anything but increase our faith. Mm -hmm. 98.5 similarity of the DNA. 5% similarity. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. The metapic creature... It's a hybrid. The other creature that I show you is a hybrid. And that's something... They're both hybrids, but they look different. Both the creatures look different. But they're both hybrids of some type with human DNA. Important. 
because I believe the, they are experiments. What kind of experiments? Why? I don't know. But we have a physical body. Well, I mean, and look at the, the, the episode that the, my listener sent me about Gotham, you know, where they were making these, 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 well, in that particular case, they're literally resurrecting dead people and putting, you know, devil, demonic spirits into them and reanimating the corpses, okay? The thing is, is we can't even comprehend all of the garbage that is going on in underground bases and in, in bases and in medical research facilities across the planet. Cloning, Nephilim hybrids, splicing, transhumanism, you name it. If there's a way that they can defile God's creation and create some type of an abomination, you better believe that the wicked factions of humanity motivated by Satan are going to be doing it. And this is just further evidence of that. And we can analyze that physical body and prove that something, an intelligence is behind these experiments. Do you think the phenomena um, is good or bad or both? Do you think it's a little mixture of both or is it all good or all evil? What do you think? I don't think it's good or evil. I, think <laughs> I can't believe he'd... He would be so asinine as to say, I guess this guy is not coming at this from any kind of Christian worldview. I mean, I don't think it's good or evil. Are you kidding me? Look at this thing. I mean, you don't have to have the discernment of a dung beetle to know this thing's evil. And this is the thing, the people that research so much of the UFO and the paranormal, they're just, they're, they're such dolts. They're so clueless when it comes to the actual ultimate agenda of this, which is literally the, the destruction of humanity as we know it. I mean, literally, it got so bad in Noah's day that God had to wipe the whole world out with a flood because I believe humanity's DNA had been so corrupted and man's thoughts were only evil continually that God had to basically push the reset button, you know, save eight people on the ark and the animals and start over. So how could you say that this isn't good or evil? They have their own interests. I, I think they are not interfering with us, at least not uh, <laughs> massive. Yeah. They are probably taking... Some not interfering. Well, they're at their earliest stages here. And, and, and that's just, you know, they're all about interfering with humanity. They're all about defiling humanity. They're all about destroying humanity. Some people, some analyzing. I think uh, they are doing their own uh, experiments for their own agenda. The lengths and the feet. Okay. But this creature have another. It's uh, the, the wings. We have an X-ray of this creature. You have an X-ray of it? Yes, we have an X-ray. What did the X-ray show? And uh, we, we, we can see the structure of the bones related so, with the structure. So this is not a hoax? No, no. no. It is not a, hoax. not a hoax? Because an X-ray would show that it was a puppet or a mold? No, this was a model. And we, we have a sample of tissues of this creature, and we sent to DNA Molecular Laboratory. Mm -hmm. uh, but when... The laboratory tried to sequence mm -hmm. the this DNA, uh, not found a concordance with DNA from the mammals or so another. They couldn't find a match of the DNA with any kind of other mammal or another creature that they knew about. In other words, but it was very, very, very similar. What he said, like ninety-seven point five percent similar to human DNA. So both the mitochondrial DNA and the nuclear DNA, no matches at all. No match with no matches. Creature wow. related with the mammoth. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you so much for coming on the camera. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you.
Ricardo was kind enough to take some DNA samples for us, which were put into a sterile container. These samples would have been tested in the USA at a DNA lab, but they were confiscated by the TSA upon entering America and destroyed. This was after confirming permissions by phone at the airport with Jaime Masson. I think I'm going to find some kind of way to get this mailed to me. Like, you know, kind of on the down low type of deal, you know? Like, come on. You're going to have a better chance that way, most likely, than the TSA, especially if they know that you're down there. I'm just saying, I mean, I think they could have been a little smarter about getting the DNA to America. Mm, you know, it's me, though, but I'm not knocking them for that. I'm just saying that they probably knew, you know, that what was coming across the border. Because our government monitors this kind of stuff. Since the TSA confiscated samples given to watchers of the ferry three years ago, we were unable to test it until recently. Jaime had Ricardo take new samples. They were flown in from Mexico in 2016 and arrived safely this time. The new samples were tested by two DNA labs. However, since the ferry had been immersed in formaldehyde for several years, none of the labs were able to derive any DNA from it. Since there are hoaxes of fairies on the internet that we knew of... But they did before. But I think it was before it had been immersed in formaldehyde for three more years. Okay, um, but before they were able to sequence it and they found those findings, okay? So, anyway. Needed to make sure that this creature was real. We needed to see the x-rays. Perhaps that would give us some fresh clues. At a rare dinner in Beverly Hills with Jaime, he told us the whole story of how he got the ferry. Is there any possibility in your mind that it might be a hoax? No. There is no possibility. So it's L.A. Marzula talking to Jaime, um, the television journalist, and he's saying, is there any possibility it could be a hoax? Because the man who found it is a 13-year-old uh, who didn't know what it was, who didn't ask anything for it, and didn't have any, any kind of uh, knowledge about extraterrestrials, fairies, or anything else. He just saw an opportunity. He wanted to know at the beginning what it was. And then afterwards, tried to get one penny or two. But nothing more than that. I mean, consider that this young kid would have the knowledge to do something scientific like this, to create something like this. It's absolutely impossible. Mm -hmm. I would change my name <laughs> if he did something else. Right, right. I mean, where, where did he, where did this, this 13 year old boy, where did he find this creature? He found it on the side of the highway. He was traveling from Guadalajara to Mexico. He stopped very near to the exit to Morelia, but on the highway. He was uh, doing his physical necessities on the side of the highway, and he saw it. Uh, and he told me that it was uh, clear that was very recently dead. I mean, he didn't have passed more, more time, a lot of time between that moment and the time of the death of this creature. He thought probably a few minutes wow. before he found it. 
So I guess he found it, and it, he, it was a fresh kill, evidently, at the time. ...to make money or to explore this, because I haven't done it. I know you haven't. Uh, now I want your help. And that's what we're going to do. To do a scientific research. I don't want to tell anybody that this is the real thing or something extraordinary. When I don't know, we need the DNA, we need more analysis on this, and if we can do it through you, I'm willing to do it. There were two x-rays, a front and profile view. They show a complete skeletal structure. There was a break in the fairy's left leg that looked like it had been repaired at one time. The skull of the creature was detailed. The hands and tiny fingers appeared in the x-ray as Ricardo had described. The actual head of the fairy had pointy ears, like Spock, or like what you would find on a gargoyle. But there were several white dots that seemed to not have anything to do with the fairy, but may have been added later. We didn't know what these dots were. There's always the assumption that someone made the creature by gluing it together from parts from other creatures. But the asymmetrical placement of the dots was troubling. They didn't seem to have any reason for being there. The x-rays proved fascinating. So L.A. showed them to a veterinarian. We weren't allowed to state his name or show his face, but we could record the conversation. What he came up with stunned us. Folks, this is cutting-edge information, and it is included in Watchers 10 DNA, as well as my new book, Nephilim Hybrids. If you're interested in finding more about this, as well as other discoveries, and i got to tell you, the Afghan giant segment in there is incredible. We, we sit down with two witnesses who allegedly, and we believe their story, that's why we went with it, and this dovetails back into Steve Quayle. They shot, what appear, one, one of the witnesses apparently shot, a 12-footer in Afghanistan. You'll also see the picture that I discovered on Catalina Island, how it was completely redacted by the Catalina Museum. Okay, so that giant of Kandahar was, um, Afghanistan was another one he did, and I'm not going to um, get as much into that. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but that is available up here. It's episode 18. It's the next episode. For L.A. Marzulli. If you just can, L.A. Marzulli um, on YouTube, you can find his channel and you will you can hear all the stuff. Now, I'm going to go ahead and let you know what these dots, these metallic dots were. What, they, what, the, what the veterinarian actually said they were was um, uh, that it appeared as though this creature had been shot with a shotgun. And they were, I mean, the, the veterinarian even knew the size of the pellets, you know, number whatever type pellets, maybe birdshot. And that is what, why you're seeing this asymmetrical pattern of these um, metallic pellets in the creature, okay? Because they're showing up on the x-ray. It's very, very radio-dense, perfectly spherical orbs, Okay they're shotgun pellets that's what the veterinarian theorized and he says you see this a lot if you had like a bird that was shot or whatever from a shotgun okay so that would make sense i mean if you saw one of these things and you did have a shotgun it would kind of be the first thing you would think about doing <laughs> you know shoot it or at least a lot of people would 
All right, so let's go a little bit further, and I'm going to kind of continue where we left off. So the big question that we need to ask is, what in the world is this thing? At this point, there appear to be three main theories. Many people are calling the wind creature fairy, but this creature looks quite gruesome and evil. It has pointy ears like a gargoyle. The body of the creature resembles more of an insect than a person. Secondly, some people are calling this wind creature an alien, but of course that label is almost instantly applied to any strange creature that pops up these days. The most common form of alien that people encounter are known as the greys, but there is only a very slight resemblance between this creature and the greys. From what people have reported, the greys don't have long pointy ears, they don't have wings, they don't have tails. Of course, it is always possible that this creature could be another type of alien or demonic entity, but I don't know how we could really conclusively prove that point. Thirdly, L.A. Marzula and others have pointed out that this winged creature was, that was discovered in Mexico does have some, does have some similarities to the locusts that are described in Revelation 9. And the following is what Revelation 9, 7-11 says in the King James. And the shapes of the locusts were like under the horses preparing battle. Doesn't resemble that. Doesn't repair that part. And their heads were, uh, and on their heads were as the crowns of gold, like gold. Doesn't have that, okay? And their faces were as the faces of men. Well, yeah, there is a resemblance there. I mean, I'm not saying it looks just like a man, but there, it does have, you know, a nose, eyes, ridge, uh, brow ridge, mouth, teeth, chin, whole nine yards, okay? Um, and then and then it goes on to say, and they had the hair as that of a woman. Well, I don't see any indication of that. Um, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. Yes, has that definitely has like longer pointy teeth and they had breastplates as were breastplates of iron doesn't have that and the sound of their wings has wings it was as the sound of chariots as as many horses running to battle and they had tails like under scorpions definitely has that and there were stings in their tails and their power was to hurt men five months does this creature have a face like a man yes i think you could say that i don't see any hair but always some but it's always a possibility that it could have had her hair at one time. I do see some frightening looking teeth and definitely had very prominent wings. The most detail that is most intriguing was the stinger at the end of the tail. Um, on Marzulli's website, you can see a close-up of the tail and the stinger. Now, I posted that picture above. You can see a close-up, clearly see a stinger on the tail. Obviously, the stinger has a function, and at this point, we can only speculate because we don't know enough about the creature. Ultimately, there's always possibility... That it could be some sort of elaborate hoax, but the scientific explanations that have been done so far have cast doubt on that explanation. I would encourage you to look into this for yourself and come to your own conclusions. If we indeed are living in the last days as described in the Bible, then our world is going to get very, very weird in the years ahead. The book of Revelation describes all sorts of bizarre creatures and strange events. And the more I read, the more I'm convinced that this period, just before Jesus comes back, is going to look a whole lot more like an extremely wild science fiction movie than most people would dare to imagine. I couldn't agree more. By the time all of this is said and done, we could very well see things in the years ahead that will completely blow all of our minds. And now, I give all the links here to um, the um, videos that we were watching. Um, also, if you want to purchase his watcher videos, uh, I'll give you a link to that. His website, oh, I'll give you a link to his website on YouTube. And it was also his other website just on the internet. I'll give you a link there. So I'll give you all those those contacts of that. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and play this one last video, and then we'll go to part four. And this is entitled Real Human Fairy Hybrid, Fairy with Human Skeleton, X-Ray Analysis, Mexico Fairy. And 
Here we're seeing another one of these creatures that looks very similar to the gargoyle-like creature that we just looked at with Elmer Zerlin. Now, in this particular case, I don't know if this is fresher, but the wings are all... They, they, they spread the wings out so you can see the wings better. In the in the one, the gargoyle-like creature Ellen Marzula was looking at, the wings were kind of like retracted in, in into, into the back. But this one, the wings are spread. It has a very, very similar color. Very, very demonic appearance. Um, okay, so we're looking at this. The real fairy with the human skeleton that was found in South America has been x-rayed. So this is a totally different one. Again, found, this is found in South America. The other one was found in Mexico. Analyzed. There have been other similar fairies. Man, and I'm telling you, I mean, I'm seeing this thing in this guy's hands, this person's hands, and I mean, it looks pretty legitimate. I'm mean, looking very, very similar. I, I can see a lot of different articulations just, just from a cursory look at the, the knees and the the uh, ankles and the and just the ribs you can see and I mean I still don't know how you can make something like this up. Found this one for example found a little while back in Derbyshire. Again you can see the wings, the skeleton, human body, humanoid body, and this one here even has red hair. This was found in Seattle. It's a, an article dated November 1st, 2014. It's the mummified remains of a fairy discovered in Seattle. Now, and this then, one does have hair. This one definitely has hair. You, I didn't know what that was. Oh, my word, yeah. It's got, like, blonde hair. Weird, creepy. <laughs> oh, man. It's garden. It's 8-inch, and it's complete with wings, skin, teeth, and, of course, the flowing red hair. Red hair? It's oh. been examined by archaeologists. No, it looks blonde to me. And forensics experts at the University of Washington. Maybe it was using sun in to kind of lighten the red a little bit. It was kind of working on its tan. And they confirm that the body is genuine. X-rays of the fairy reveal an anatomically identical skeleton to that of a child. But the bones are hollow like those of a bird, making them particularly light. Well, and you would, you would want more hollow bones because then they could fly now remember i said before there were certain parts of the gargoyle that were more radio um dense more, there was more bone density but that wasn't the whole skeleton the rest of the skeleton the pelvis appeared pretty radio dense and where the wings articulated to the scapula they were radio dense, but that's where you would really need to have a lot of radio density so the wings wouldn't literally come unattached but the rest of the skeleton if the bones were more hollow, like that of a bird, would make it much lighter, which is why birds can fly. This is why, you know, like, we're not made to fly. Our bones are way too, that we'd have to have gigantic wings in order to get off the ground, in other words. So the lighter you are, obviously, the more conducive it would be for aerodynamic flight with wings, okay? Um, that's how God created things. It's puzzling. The body is puzzling because of this very strange aspect. The body has a navel, which suggests that the being reproduces the same as human beings, despite the absence of reproductive organs. 
So they tested this thing and they said they found that it had no reproductive organs, even though it had a navel. So what does that mean? It was plugged into something? Uh, the man who find it said, at first I thought it was half-buried Halloween toy, but the creature was clearly made of organic matter. My wife, before she died of Alzheimer's, said she'd seen fairies in our garden conducting a funeral, but I naturally thought that was hooey. Conducting a funeral? Fairies conducting a funeral? I don't know, maybe she had her third eye open. I don't, I don't know if this is something where they can go in and out of phase, and maybe when they're they're dead in this physical form, then obviously they're out of phase and you can see them and they have a body. You know, it's hard to be totally dogmatic. But I guess the world still has surprises, he says. The University of Washington hoped to keep the mummy for further study, but the U.S. government took immediate possession of it and made no statement concerning this after that. Well, of course, because this doesn't fit with the, with the narrative they want to bring forth now. Okay, increasingly, yes, we're moving in that direction, but, the, you know, this is something they're really going to keep under wraps, typically. Well, after these types of things, we have a recent find, 2016 article, and uh, I'd like to give you the link to the video stating the examination concerning the new find, which looks exactly the same, except uh, I can't make, it does have a fuzz on its head. It's supposed to be hair. It also has a fuzz uh, all along its body. Uh, supposedly hair. It's um, L.A. Mazzuli. L.A. Mazzuli talking to Mexico's famous Jamie Mausan, who reveals this creature and uh, blows both men out of the room, as they say. Okay, so that's basically the, the video in this. And then, then she's talking about what Ellen Marzula, what we just looked at. So we got a couple different <laughs> videos here. And obviously all they, they took that one away. But I'm telling you, the pictures I'm looking at there uh, very much indicative of, of yet another one of those. And who, may, who knows how many of these things might have been found and, and never see the light of day. People don't come forth with it. They bury it. They, they don't want to deal with this type of, of, of publicity or they don't want to deal with the stigma that may come with it. Um, how many times the government stepped in, intervened, taken it and said, shut your mouth, don't say anything. This is the very reason that you see a lot of these people being visited by men in black. And I've even heard there's women in black now from one of my listeners the other day. In fact, there's a whole, I don't know, thing, book or something being written on it. <laughs> I didn't know about women in black, but yes, evidently there, there's those too. And what, what, what is there genotypically always when something like this happens, they show up at your door to tell you to shut your mouth and, and don't say anything about this if you know it's good for you. Okay, very, very common theme. So we've got that. So that's all I have for this part. And we will go to, I believe, part four next. God bless you.